This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Open Mind Self-Care Sessions with me, Frankie Bridge. This one is quite a special episode as it's brought to you in partnership with Lego for Adults, who've been running a campaign recently to encourage us all to find our joyful focus, step away from the screens and live in the moment. Keeping that in mind, today's episode is around mindfulness and finding peace away from the screens. I'm joined by Tanya Goodin, founder of digital wellbeing movement, Time to Log Off, and host of the It's Complicated podcast, a show about our complicated relationship with technology. Hi, Tanya. Hi, Frankie. Nice to see you. Thank you for joining me. I feel like this is such a subject of our generation, and especially at the minute, you know, we're all trying to find ways to entertain ourselves, and we're all pretty addicted in one way or another I would say to some sort of screen at the moment would you say that that's a fair thing to say yeah and I do you know what I don't think it's a generation thing because I think everyone's addicted they're just addicted to different things yeah so you know there are people who can't stop checking email and can't stop looking at BBC sports there are people who, who are you know obsessively on TikTok and Instagram um, there are people in the middle who are on Facebook. You know, we're all, there's it's there's something for everyone, isn't there, in the mm. digital world? And do you think it's only really kind of started since, do you think it got worse when social media became a thing? Or like you said, people were checking emails and stuff before that? Yeah, I think it's really the invention of the smartphone. So yeah. t- 2007 and then Facebook. But um, I think it's the like button was a big moment, actually. When the like oh, really? bu- When the like button was invented, social media went from being something that we just posted pictures on and looked at other people's pictures like a big photo album, and it became all about engagement, and it became all about selling ads, and then all the social media companies are just knocking themselves out to compete for our screen time, our eyeballs on their platform. Yeah, to be fair, actually, the other day I thought, you know what, for the first time, I thought I'd quite like to get rid of the comment button. I do feel like the like, you do look at likes, but what I don't like is that everyone can comment on everything. And even the positive comments are addictive, aren't they? Because it's almost like that validation all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's, it's kind of validation on steroids, isn't it? Because we're designed Mm. to seek approval from everyone around us that's part of being human you know we like to know that we're liked we like to know that people approve of us but with social media we're suddenly asking for approval from billions of people all over the planet who we don't know who we've never met Mm. Um, and that's what makes it so really hard to put down because when you get that engagement lots of studies have shown we get dopamine bursts in the brain when we get a like when we get a comment and it's addictive it really is addictive so I asked my followers to send in some questions for you today. So someone's asked how they can distract themselves from their phone or their screens. 
So, yeah, gosh, if we all knew really how to do that, that would be, <laughs> that would be brilliant. But I'd say there's a couple of things you need to think about. One is that in the war between you and your screen, self-control and notifications, notifications win every time, every time, because Silicon Valley have got, you know, billion dollars worth of investment put into making it really hard for us to ignore it. So I always say to people, it's a bit like eating healthily. If you were eating healthily, you'd get rid of all the junk food at home, wouldn't you? And you wouldn't walk around holding a bar of chocolate, looking at it going, I mustn't eat you. I mustn't, you know, touch you. So actually putting your screen completely out of sight is the single best thing you can do. People, I spoke to someone the other day who said, I'm really struggling not being on Instagram so much. But she said, I'm I'm looking at my phone wanting to go on Instagram. And I said, that's the problem. You're looking yeah. at your phone. So it's really difficult to do that thing where you still use your device, but you just don't use bits of it. The single best thing you can do is just put it completely out of sight for, you know, five minutes to start with, then 10, then 15. A lot of people are going to find five minutes quite hard. Yeah. Why do you think people can't, put it down like what is it that's making us addicted to it because the best brains on the planet have made it addictive <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean you know these are four of the five most powerful richest companies in the world are tech companies and they've yeah. got all the resources they've got all the scientists they've got all the experts they've got the behavioral experts they've got the neuroscientists and we've been like little rats in an experiment for the last few years they've watched us online and they thought oh when we do that, we get more engagement. When we Instagram, you know, they were they were caught out recently for holding back likes. Yeah. So people people were posting pictures and then not getting likes. So they were going and refreshing their feed over and over again. And Instagram was doing that deliberately, holding back the likes to no. make yeah to make there was quite a big investigation about it right. to make people go back to the app time and time again. So we're like we're like little rats in an experiment, and we have been trained to behave in a certain way by the algorithms that are designed to keep us going back to the screen. So yeah, I have those days where I actually feel annoyed and frustrated with my phone. Like I, I will sit there and I will look through it and I know that there's nothing I want to look at. There's, there's no particular reason that I'm on there yet. I'm still sh scrolling and it, and it makes me feel weird because I know that it, it's, out of addiction yeah you know so I have had to turn it off and put it away before I did it last week for the first time ever and it felt amazing you know if you know your home with your kids and whatever and you kind of know wherever because that's my argument sometimes is I'm like yeah but what if yeah what if someone happens? needs you yeah. yeah yeah but actually oh it was so nice Every, do you know what? Everyone says that. What the, It's the anticipation of what it's going to be like that stops people from doing it. They think, yeah. I can't do it. It's going to be too stressful. I'm going to feel anxious. But actually, everyone I know who's tried, you know, putting it away for 20 minutes, like you, you're at home, you're in the room with your kids. Mm. <laughs> Everyone's there safe. You can put the phone in a drawer. And people yeah. do find that when you do that, actually, it does feel good. It's not... It's not an addiction that's hard to break. It's just we're yeah. really reluctant to do it, I think. Are there any... Someone's asked if there's any proven ways to be more present in the moment. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's the opposite of what we do when we're scrolling. So when we scroll, we're in two places at once, aren't we? We're 
here in the moment with our friends and family or you know wherever we are we're also in the digital world so mm. the best way of being present is to completely focus on where you are i am here now you know that that famous phrase about yeah. mindfulness and to make sure you're not also trying to be somewhere else at the same time and that probably involves completely putting your device away really appreciating where you are and finding something really absorbing that, you know, kind of gets you into what they call flow, that state where you're totally absorbed in something and you're not thinking about anything else. You're really focused mm. on what you're doing. But for people that work, I suppose their argument is, is like, oh, I can't turn it off. You know, like for some, for maybe say for younger people who are just looking at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, it's maybe slightly not easier for them mentally, but I mean easier for them to switch it off because there's there's no other reason for them to need it. But for people waiting for emails or needing to respond to stuff, I feel like their argument is, oh, I can't turn it off because I'll miss something. But then equally, I'm like, when have we got to the point where everything has to be responded to immediately? I so agree with that. Yeah. And actually, there's there's so much research about how destructive email is. So one bit of, bit of research says we're now spending 25% of our day just processing email. So just literally opening, filing, deleting, forwarding, not even dealing with the stuff that's on the email. So that's 25% right. of our day. Another piece of research says that you, we're get, when you send an email within an organisation, it's opened within six seconds. That's the average mm. amount of time it takes for an email to be opened. When that organisation goes on holiday, the average amount of time it takes to open email goes down to 15 minutes. So even on holiday, we're opening emails every 15 minutes. But we know that every time we're distracted, it takes 25 minutes to get back to where we were before in terms of focusing. So, yes, we have to check email, but we don't have to check email 24-7. We can actually, it, it's been proven that the most efficient way of dealing with email is back, what they call batch checking. So 10 o'clock one o'clock, five o'clock. Oh, right. You have to tell everyone you're doing that, otherwise they're going to panic. You know what happens if you send an email, you don't yeah. reply immediately now. People start texting you, WhatsApping you. Have you got the email? What's going on? So you have to tell people that's what you're going to do, but that is hands down the best way to cope with email. It makes you more productive. Because it's even the same like now, like I've got my two kids are both in school. Everything from the school comes on through email. on email. Yeah. And I'm like, if I haven't checked my emails you know, that night and then in the morning they could go in in the wrong uniform or they've missed, you know, musty day or whatever yeah, it is. well booked day. Yeah, outfit, well booked yeah. day, everything. <laughs> and I'm like, God, not everyone, you know, I've got a friend that she she's a stay-at-home mum. She she doesn't use her email. She, I mean, she has no social media or anything, so she's particularly, you know, a bit tech-phobe. So she's like, it drives me mad because they'll start ringing me being like, oh, you haven't emailed us back. And she's like, well... I don't really use my email for anything. I don't check it all the time. Yeah. And it's just funny how we've got into this yeah. and thing. Yeah, it's of... stressing us out. That's the thing. It's so mm. stressful, that feeling that not only have you got to reply instantly, but if people don't reply to you instantly, you start feeling... I've noticed that yeah. over the years. You start feeling, oh, am I being ignored? Why are they not getting back to me? Because people now do reply instantly, don't they? Yeah. It's the same now. We've got WhatsApp, haven't we? Yeah. That's another thing where people Nightmare. expect instant yeah. reply. And then the you've got all tick. the group chats. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it drives me mad. <laughs> um, it's funny, isn't it? Because text seems less instant now. 
It's almost like it's it's more acceptable to not instantly reply to a text message. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people not replying at all, aren't there? I noticed actually over mm. the last 12 months that there's an increase in people just letting stuff go. But I think that's because we're all overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, there's just yeah. too much. If you think about all the different channels you're juggling, I mean, I deal with, you know, WhatsApp, text, emails, DMs on Instagram, messages on Snapchat, Facebook Messenger. I mean, you know, that's... Like, sorry, then there's Zoom, isn't there? Zoom, yeah. all the... You know, there's hmm. so much information that's just being hurled at us. So some people are just... I keep think giving up, you know, saying I, I just can't reply. Someone said, why do I always feel tired after being on my laptop all day? Oh, that's such a good question. Mm. Um, so there's two things that's going on there. One is the blue light. So lots have been written about this, that the light that comes from a laptop, we don't see that it's blue, that, but our eyes register it as blue, as daylight. So it keeps us alert, keeps us awake, and it stops the sleep hormone starting so we're really alert and it means at night we're just not getting to sleep well enough and mm. there used to be this kind of myth so I don't know if you're still doing this with your kids there used to be this idea that if we stopped looking at a screen an hour before bed that was okay right we now know that's not the case it's actually the total amount of time you're spending looking at a screen and oh, really? that affects your sleep at night so everyone I don't know if you've noticed in the last 12 months everyone's complaining about bad sleep um, right. And a lot of that's the amount of time we're spending on screen. So the other thing that's going on is around our eyes. So when you look at a screen, so normally our eyes blink and make mm -hmm. our eyes moist. And it, that happens without us even noticing that it's happening. For some reason, which we don't understand, when you look at a screen, that blinking stops or it slows down a lot. So your eyes get really gritty and sore. And you get that, somebody described it to me as baby mole rat eyes. <laughs> that kind <laughs> right. of that's slightly pink, swollen. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's quite a lot going on that makes us mm. tired when we've looked so at the screen. Would you say those blue glasses things are worth a purchase or not? Is that well, a bit of a gimmick? I interviewed a sleep expert on my podcast um, mm -hmm. a few weeks ago and he said there's not a lot of evidence that those really work. So, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, and it's like night shift, you know, so Apple introduced night shift on iPhones because the last thing Apple want is for us actually to put our phones down when we go to bed because they want us still to be eyeballs mm. on screens. So the whole idea around those is, hey, you can still be part of this attention economy where we're selling to you, just wear the blue glasses and you'll sleep. Um, uh, okay. But there's not, you know, the best thing you can do is just put your screen away. So I suppose a big part of this is all about, you know, like people are asking about being present in the moment and switching things off. Someone's asked how they can practice mindfulness, ways that they can do that. Have you got any tips or...? Yeah, so I think a lot of the issue around screen time and not being mindful is we're focusing too much on what we're giving up instead of what we're gaining. So mm -hmm. I think what's really helpful is instead of thinking, I'm not going to spend an hour on Instagram, think I'm going to spend an hour on X. And you need to find something that you're really excited and absorbed about doing and part of the problem with what's happened with social media is we've all lost touch with those things <laughs> mm -hmm. you know I ask people to think about what did you do 10 years ago that you really loved doing you know what was your thing and for some people it might be running for some people it might be you know workout or yoga 
I'm slightly embarrassed so I've got really into jigsaw puzzles in the last okay. year. <laughs> um, but you know what? I got into colouring. Yes, colouring. Colouring in. Really I did paint that. by numbers yeah. and I did colouring and I did genuinely do a whole big Lego piece. I do it all the time with the kids. Yeah. And I did my own one. But I did actually do it because when I'm doing it for them, it's stressful. But when I do it because they're, wait- yeah. they're waiting on me to finish it. But when you do it yourself and actually I thought, God, there are other things that... I enjoy doing that aren't, you know, I think sometimes we think, oh, if I'm not doing this, I'm having to clean, tidy, Yeah, yeah, whatever. but you could be doing something that you really enjoy. Mm, as yeah. an adult, I think we forget yeah. those things. And actually, the Lego example is really good because something that you use your hands for, particularly both hands for, is really good because... Okay. Um, Obviously, if, you, if you're not using your hands, you can be holding a phone at the same time, can't you? <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, I watched somebody walking the other day, watching a film on an iPad. So she was walking her dog while oh, wow. watching a film. So I thought, God, even walking a dog, you can still have mm. a screen. So you need something that you have to use both hands for. Cooking's another really good thing, actually, yeah. that you can't... You know, you can't pick up a screen, but also really absorbs you. You want to finish it. You want to get it done. Mm. So you're not thinking about the screen. You're thinking about what you're doing at that moment. Hi, it's Frankie Bridge. I'm always looking for new, exciting ways to top up my creativity. And at the moment, Lego products are really helping me tap into that. You're probably the same as me. I have so many fond memories of playing with Lego bricks as a child. So I'm sure you can picture my face when I found out about the huge range of Lego products now available for adults. Myself and my husband just built a London skyline and it provided us with real joyful focus and forced us to shut off from our hectic lives for a little bit, which was welcomed. Every now and then, it's important to put your time into something creative and fun, allowing you to further develop your mindfulness. Adult life can really weigh us all down. So if you're looking for something fun and nostalgic to do, make sure to check out the wide range of Lego sets for grown-ups. It's not just for kids. Go and find your joyful focus and search Lego adults. And what about with kids then that love, you know, iPads, TV, PlayStation? How do you kind of encourage them to step away from that. Because I know with my eldest, he's seven, and I'd say about last year, he got to the point where I had to really limit his time on it massively, almost, almost cold turkey, because I noticed he wasn't enjoying anything else. Yeah. So he'd go to parties, wasn't interested, didn't find any joy in anything other than... Yeah. And I could really see that change in him. And and it shifted really quickly when I took it away. But it was quite difficult to do that. Yeah. What are some ways on to encourage that, I suppose, with kids? I suppose, especially with teenagers, it's harder. So I think it's a bit like that. It's a similar approach to adults, is that if you talk about screen time, you've lost the battle already. Because yeah. you've put the focus on the screen and the device. So I, I would always say to people, just don't have a conversation about screen time with your kids. Don't say you can have half an hour on screen, you can have two hours on screen, or you're spending too much time on screen. Cut all of that. Focus on something that they can only do without a screen 
that mm -hmm. they can get really excited. Now, it might not be a great example at the moment, but I always used to give swimming and say, you know, kids love going to swimming pools. <laughs> yeah. It's actually something you can't do with a screen. You need to get them, you need to kind of dangle the fish of, you know, why don't we make a pizza all together at home? Why yeah. don't Why don't we, you know, go out with the dog? Why don't we play all together in the garden? What, you know, why don't we do something... Don't say, I don't want you to spend an hour on Xbox or I don't want you to spend an hour on Instagram. Say, why don't we go and do this? And make yeah. that an activity that you cannot do with a screen. And if you are going to let them on, should you limit the time? So that's, yeah, again, a really good question. Um, <laughs> so I'm like literally now purely asking for myself. <laughs> <laughs> asking for a friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's down to you as a parent. You know... Mm like you just said about your son, you know when they've they've started to have too much. So I'm yeah. really reluctant to say, yes, limit it and make it two hours or yes, limit it and make it 45 minutes because kids are different, families are different. But if you start noticing your child isn't sleeping, isn't doing stuff they used to really love doing, I've spoken to parents whose kids were really into sport and then just stopped doing sport because yeah. they got really into computer games but also weren't eating properly, weren't spending time with their friends. School was saying that, you know, homework wasn't getting done. Those are the things you focus on. And then look at screen time as one of the things that might be causing a problem. Yeah. But I think I, I just think we don't know enough about it to say there's a there's an amount of time that's perfect. But there is definitely an amount of time that is too much for all of us, for adults and kids. We just have to work out what that time is for all of us. So would you say then a hobby is quite a good thing to have as an adult and, and as a child? Brilliant, brilliant thing to do. So I did a talk to a school a couple of weeks ago and I got them all, you know, it was on Zoom, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I got them all to hold up an object in the house of something they really liked doing that wasn't on a screen. And obviously they were all in their rooms and they were... And what was really interesting is I thought they might struggle, but yeah. they didn't. Everyone really? had something. They had Rubik cubes, they had little... Um, figurines war figurines somebody had a sketch because he quite liked drawing there was although uh, one boy bought a hoover in and I said do, really? you, do you really like hoovering and he said he quite liked helping his mum hoover oh that's so cute I know it was really sweet I think they were <laughs> 10 year olds so actually it was interesting because I thought they'd all go actually there's nothing I really like but they could yeah. all think of something they liked doing and it was a hobby it was something that they could get really passionate about um, I think it's harder, though, sometimes for adults, isn't it? Because we don't necessarily feel like we have the time for a hobby. So I guess that's why things like drawing and things like that or cooking are e slightly easier. I, yeah. I, maybe cooking is not really a hobby. But <laughs> you do, know what I mean? We do have the time. If we all look at our screen time notification, we will oh, see. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> you see, I haven't got that on because I literally cannot face it. I don't want to know. <laughs> So the, so the average, before the last 12 months, the average amount of time people were spending on screens, adults were spending, was about eight and a half hours a day. Oh um, I think that's now gone up to about 11 hours a day. Oh, my goodness. And if you look at all the apps, I mean, I'd say to anyone listening to this, look at, look at screen time or the Android equivalent, look at your apps, look at the three hours you're spending on Instagram or the two hours you're spending on WhatsApp. That is where you can get 30 minutes from without mm -hmm. even trying. And just yeah. think, just think, actually, that's where I can find something that I can really enjoy that's my hobby. And it's not, you know, you do, we all have that. We do all have the time. Yeah. Someone said, which I suppose we've probably already really answered, social media upsets me, but I can't help scrolling. What can I do about this? So we've said how to stop 
yourself yeah. from scrolling. But I guess like my question is like, why do you think it upsets people? Do you think it's that comparison thing? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot going on. I think the comparison culture is the most toxic thing. And, you know, I've said, you know, we've always human has humans have that instinct to compare you know I'm am I doing okay am I you know kind of am I doing okay with my job am I doing okay with my kids with my family suddenly we can we can always find somebody who's doing better than us can't we yeah somebody who's got you know a bigger house a more successful job you know brilliant kids who never seem to stop winning prizes you know there's always something <laughs> so I think I think we all have to think really carefully about who we follow and why because also there's a real emphasis on social media on appearance, isn't there? And less yeah. about what people are doing and more about what they look like. And I think that's really negative. So I would say think about who you're following and why you're following them, because there might be particular people in the feed that are just really triggering you. But the other thing is we all have a responsibility ourselves to think about what we're posting, <laughs> you yeah. know, because we're all guilty of it. We all do... You know, this is this is me having a wonderful time with my perfect kids in my perfect home. So I think we've all got a responsibility, actually, to try and make it all a bit less toxic for everyone. Yeah, I often, if I find something that I think makes me feel rubbish, or say if someone's put up a bikini picture and I'm like, oh, she looks insane and never going to look like that, whatever, I often stop and think, well, why... Why is that making me feel like that? That's not her necessarily her fault. She might just have really good genes. <laughs> she might never eat pizza and, you know, never eat a carb. And she's naturally like that. And I think sometimes we forget to kind of ask ourselves why yeah. it's made us feel that way. Yeah. I spoke, well. I spoke to an expert in body dysmorphia, though, a few weeks ago, and he was really interesting. He said it's actually really toxic when we start ranking ourselves against other people. Mm. And that's actually proven to be the start of, you know, it, it can lead into body dysmorphia. It can lead into eating disorders. Because what, yeah. we, what we do is we look at someone and we, do, we are ranking them the whole time. We're thinking, oh, you're, I'm looking at you thinking you're younger than me. Mm. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, you know, someone's got a nicer house than me. Someone's prettier mm. than me. You know, we all find something in someone else, a feature or something about someone to rank ourselves. And that's what's really hard I think. Mm. I, I remember having a conversation with my mother-in-law actually and um, about all of this and she said it's just crazy she said because when I was a parent she said there was no Facebook, MySpace even back then you know all the uh, early things and she said I wouldn't have even know what Joe was doing next door she was yeah, like I wouldn't know yeah. if she was drinking champagne and eating caviar at night for dinner I didn't know if her kids were happy or unhappy she said so I was never comparing myself mm. to people on a regular basis or sitting in bed and thinking what are these people doing because I didn't really know and she said now should I'd hate to be a parent growing up and you know seeing how everyone else is doing it and comparing myself and I hadn't really thought about that before until yeah. she said that really I mean there's that famous quote isn't there comparison is the thief of joy Oh, it's I, so true. And I think that's what's going on. I was thinking the other day about, you know, teenage parties. And when I was a teenager, when I wasn't invited to a party, how I'd hear little rumours about what went on and oh, it would yeah. make me feel bad. But now, if you're not invited to a party, you, you will can see, see it, it happening yeah. in real time. And how how does that make our kids feel? You know, mm. and, and well, how does it make us feel when that happens to us as well? 
Um, someone said, how do you switch off? So if you've had a long day at work and you've been on the computer all day, how do you then, is there like a time, you know, a way to, I suppose, come down from that or not? Is it just purely switch off? It's cold on? turkey. You have to take your devices, your laptop, your phone, you have to put them in a drawer in a different room from you and then find something else to do. Because actually... You can't switch off if all you're doing is sitting there thinking, I'm itching to get on the screen. That's your time when you need your hobby or you need something. So I've mm. got, God, I can't believe I'm talking about puzzling, um, <laughs> but I've, I've got this puzzle that's on the kitchen table and I just sit down and I spend 20 minutes doing it. Thousand piece mm. puzzle. And would um, you say that's almost like your mindfulness, your that meditation? That is completely almost. my mindfulness because yeah. I don't cook. I'm not a cook, so I, I can't really get into that. Um, I do go out for, you know, walk the dog. But for me, it's something that I have to really focus on. And yeah, just it's 20 minutes out of my day. And that's kind of my little switching off time. But you can't do it if you can see your device. That's mm. that's the mistake people make. And is watching TV just as bad? Because I think a lot of people's wind down is like, you know, watching something on Netflix or a drama or whatever. Is that just as bad? Should you not I, do that? I don't think it is, no. I would say that because I'm a Netflix addict. <laughs> Um, I say the big difference between TV is the TV doesn't call you back when you switched it off. Mm. You know, our devices call us back. All those push notifications, they're kind of insistently all the time saying, check me, check me, check me. TV is a much more kind of passive sitting back and letting it happen to you experience. Mm. Um, and it can be a really good way of winding down. So I don't, when I'm talking about screen time, which is, you know, I don't really like talking about in that way, I don't include the TV. I would just say... To think, though, that if you've spent eight hours a day working on a screen, you probably need to find a way of playing that's not just on a screen. So from going from eight hours a day on a laptop to four hours at night on Netflix is probably not the healthiest no. way. You know, you need you probably do need to find, as well as your time on Netflix, something else you can do that can just, you know, get you away from any type of screen for a bit. And would you say before bed, because you said about the whole the hour before bed is a bit of a myth. Yeah. Is watching in, TV in bed bad? Should you not take your phone up to your bedroom? Uh, What's like good yeah. bedtime etiquette? So I, um, I have to completely, again, out myself here and say that I do sometimes have my phone in my bedroom, even though I tell people, <laughs> I know, <What>? shock. Um, <laughs> so we all do it, don't we? We all have yeah. our phones in our bedroom and... I, I use it a bit like, um, you know, when you've overeaten over Christmas, every so often I notice that not only is my phone in my bedroom, but I'm on it really late at night. I'm on it in the middle of the night in the morning. And then I start thinking, actually, I need to plug it the other side of the room. So that's the first step I say to everyone. Take your phone. Don't have it in the socket right next to your head. Put it the other side of the room so that you have to get out of bed and go and get it. The next stage is to leave it outside the door, the bedroom door, so it makes it a bit harder. So... We, we need to kind of preserve sleep. And the best way to do that is just to put those little hurdles in that make it a bit more difficult to mm. check screens in the middle of the night. And going back to what you said about a film, if you've watched a film on a laptop and then you or a phone or, and you then put it next to your bed, you're just going to grab it first thing in the morning. That's going to be the first yeah. thing you do. So if you're going to do that, then go and put it outside the door. Um, I or, have actually now trained myself not to be on Instagram last like not for that to be the last thing I do before I go to sleep and the first thing I do when I wake up 
because it was irritating me, but I was still doing it. I was like, why is this the first thing that I look at? How did it's, you do that then? How did you train I d- I just I just stopped myself from doing it. I just didn't do it. That's brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah. So I still had my phone, but I just, it wasn't the first thing I did. I'd kind of make sure I kind of, yep, picked up my phone, turned off my alarm and then just kind of put it back, check messages if I had any, but then just kind of left it. And then before bed as well, just not, yeah. not looking at it. I kind of do now if I get into bed, turn it, put my alarm on, turn it over and then try not to look at it until the morning because it was like I said like I was doing it even though it wasn't making me feel good and I was yeah. aware of that I think a bit what... like how I drink diet coke and still drink it even though I'm like I'm not even tasting it I'm not even enjoying it right now I need to stop you know what you're describing is intentional screen use and that is exactly what we all need to do so you're thinking in the morning I'm picking up my phone because my alarm's gone off then I'm going to check my messages and then I'm going to put it down. And we all need to do a lot more of that because you remember what I said about us being rats in the experiment? Mm. Our decisions about what we do are kind of being made for us. So we need to take back control by saying, when I pick up my phone now, I'm picking it up to check my emails and then I'm going to put it down again. When I pick my phone up with my alarm in the morning, the one thing I'm going to do is check text and WhatsApp and then I'm going to put it down. We've got to all be a lot more intentional and that's mm. going to really help set some boundaries around it. It's even, uh, I think now, I think what's scary about it is this whole, you know, the ads that come up of things you've been looking at or talking yeah, about. Yeah. So I'd been talking to my husband about Bitcoin. Hadn't even Googled it on my phone, written it on my phone. And then literally, I'd say half hour later, I got an email about Bitcoin. And it really freaked me out. I was like, this is so wrong. <laughs> It is quite creepy. Actually, Apple have just announced that they're putting in to place this new um, protocol that means we're not going to be tracked around the internet anymore when we leave an app or when we leave an app on Apple. So, yeah, there's been quite... Facebook are not happy about it because Facebook rely on finding out what other websites we've been to to then showing us ads. But Apple have said they're actually going to put a stop to that. They've literally just announced that because everyone said the same thing. You know, we're being stalked around the internet. And then where can listeners go if they want to find out more information or find help? Um, so time to log off. Uh, my website is itstimetologoff.com. And there's so much information. We post information on there all the time. We've got user guides, campaigns that we're running and really practical tips. Uh, my podcast, It's Complicated. So I'm interviewing experts all the time about screen time, about what it means and how we can deal with it differently. And then my own website is tonyagoodin.com. So all of those should cover everything, I think. (laughs) Thank you so much. I I found that really interesting. And I'm going to, tonight, I'm going to plug my phone in over by the door so it's not next to me when I go to bed. I'm 100% going to do that. So thank you. I want to see you posting on on Instagram, Frankie, that you've done that. (laughs) Okay, I will. I'm going to do it, I promise. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this special episode of Open Mind Self-Care Sessions in partnership with Lego for Adults. To find your joyful focus, search Lego Adults. I really hope that this has been helpful to you. And if you have been affected by this episode or would like to find out more information regarding mental health, then please head over to mind.org.uk. And if you have any questions which you'd like to get answered, then please follow me on Instagram and look out for my stories where I collect all of your fantastic thoughts in each episode. 
See you next time.